You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Lambgoat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of Lambgoat's Fan Flip Podcast. Today we are lucky that we are joined by a guy from one of the earliest, dare I say, deathcore bands. I hate calling it a deathcore band because you guys were so ahead of the time in deathcore by a couple years, I would say. <laughs> But I would call Something it like, like yeah, heavy hardcore, heavy metalcore, whatever was going on in 1999, the Red Chord. Welcome, guy. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on, man. Thanks for having me. So you guys took a little break, but you guys kind of have been back in the last handful of years. And uh, one of the first times that I'd seen you guys in somewhat of a relevant time was at Furnace Fest when we went um, 21. Was that 21? Uh, 22. 22. Okay. Yeah. Time's flying by, man. I don't know. But yeah, that sure was, is, yeah. yeah, that was a pretty cool situation. So what kind of led to, um, you know, was that the, the crux for like the, uh, reuniting and resurgence of the red cord? So the, um, the big push for the resurgence was, uh, back in the beginning of 22, uh, decibel magazine approached us and asked us, they, they were going to induct, uh, the client's album into the hall of fame, and they asked if we'd be willing to uh, come and play clients on the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest in Philly. And that was like really the uh, catalyst for, we, we always talk about doing things. We, you know, I, I really, I, I miss those guys. I love those guys. And unfortunately, like just life gets in the way. Right. Um, but Mike, the uh, art director over at Decibel was like really persistent. And then he and Albert uh, from, from Decibel, like were really just on us. And that that was really the spark for us to to do anything because we <laughs> we uh, accidentally didn't play anything in any capacity for about seven years. Yeah, like, I want to kind of touch on that a little bit too. Was it like a planned <laughs> kind of situation, or did you guys just feel like? Because um, again, I, I want to say in the middle of the aught or the 2010s, whatever you want to call that, in the middle of that era, like I I, I feel like deathcore, metalcore, kind of like definitely dropped off, but. As we are sitting here today, there's a giant resurgence for both of those uh, genres. But was it something that kind of like just kind of led you guys down the path of like not playing shows for seven years? Because like you didn't really ever like I don't know if you gave an official statement, so to speak, about no. like, hanging it up. But no, no, we never we never officially hung it up. And and I mean, basically, what happened was uh, we we got into the. Um, the, few, the the Fed Through the Teeth Machine album touring cycle, that came out in 09. We hit the ground. We were just like, go, go, go. And uh, for the first time from basically from 02, 03, all the way up until 2011, I think we were all just kind of really getting burned out. So um, 
we just like tried to kind of like step away for a little bit mm. and with the intention of um with the intention of like oh well you know we'll just kind of see what happens from there and we'll, we'll just take a little like natural just to get away from each other for a bit mm. and um without you know at that point as soon as you like stop moving and as soon as you're as soon as everybody falls into like actually the, the the trap of real life and uh you know steady steady employment and oh okay well now i can't get this off without you know leave of absences mm-hmm. and things and it's really really just difficult to get back into the swing of um anything like i mean we, we like at one point we're you know we're like one of those uh you know, half the full-time bands, like yeah. where we're just gone 150 plus days a year. And uh, it, it's just unrealistic when you start having like a real job. So right around uh, like 2014, uh, we got asked to do a couple things. We came back, we played some random shows. We went over to Japan. We went to Texas. We played a, a, one of Acacia Strain's like holiday things. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, some of it was awesome and we we started having conversations about trying to get together again and then just life got in the way and we just that that was really it we we probably would have wanted to get together a lot sooner it's just that time flies throw a pandemic in there Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) time really suddenly we had like a whole lot of space in between the last show and (laughs) and we finally did the decibel thing you blink and then like i said you blink and it all goes by um really does yeah the the wild thing about you know you guys coming from that time frame of like you definitely benefited from the internet obviously because like the uh, the internet for hardcore and metal in that particular time uh frame was very prevalent a lot of sharing of songs and sharing of you know just websites coming up like lamb goat or the prp or um you know all these other outlets not all these other outlets because it was a brand new kind of situation but a handful of outlets covering you know underground music and so you did benefit from like the boom but you know i i cur- i'm curious as to uh how i don't want to say older bands but you are pre myspace so like you know do you do you when you look back and you see like bands like in the quote-unquote deathcore arena like attack attack and all these other ba- crabcore bands get like so huge in that time frame on myspace do you guys ever like look back and think that you were a little too early or you know just <laughs> should have waited a little longer for like social media <clears throat> to really catch on and maybe you know in the later 2000 uh teens you know you had like a second resurgence then no i, I mean I, I gotta say I'm, I'm really grateful in a lot of ways for a, a lot of what we got to do um i felt like at that stage of the game like we started touring like pre 9-11 and uh the, the summer before like so i i was uh i was a junior in college uh and we went on like our first like we were already playing shows through like the tail end of 99 2000 2001 we did our first actual tour in the uh, summer of 2001 and then uh when i graduated college we like started just like kind of like a, oh yeah i'll just take a year off and we started kind of hitting it now at that time it was interesting because it was like very like organic where it's like, well, if you want somebody to know about you in the area of like Valdosta, Georgia or Alabama or in the West coast, you got to physically get over Mm. there and perform in front of people. 
And it was just like, all right, well, yeah, sure. So you're going to come through and you're going to play in front of nine people and <laughs> then you're going to come back and you're going to play in front of 20 people. And then hopefully like their friends tell their friends. And then at, at some point you, you get out there and it's like, wow, where, where did these two or 300 people come from? Who are they here to see? And then like, they're just, they're waiting there for your band, like, yeah. you know, finishing the show. Uh, so, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was like a much more simple approach to like wrap your head around because it wasn't about like, oh, I got to trick some computer in terms of like how to cultivate my fan base and how, how am I going to like, you know, work, work with whatever the the metrics are and stuff behind the scenes to, to, to do all this. It was just like you want to get known in Alaska, go up to Alaska and play. Yeah. You want to go to Europe like that, you know, go, go to Europe like eight times and maybe it'll catch on eventually. <laughs> yeah, um, true. very true. It, it's, but, but like the, the, the novelty with like the social media stuff is really just, I mean, a lot of that is like youth driven. And if, you know, if, if you're going to at this point, like we're all in our forties, uh, minus the drummer, <laughs> it, it's like, if, if we had caught on at a different stage, like you're going to be the old guys on, on the app. So it's just uh it's just a progression of where you know where things kind of were it's okay you can be the old guy on the app man you got to stay in touch with the fan base right <laughs> you got to re- right, right. you got to re up that twitter oh no I, I felt so weird uh because like you know when we we like had a facebook towards the very end mm. of of like touring uh like on the on the teeth machine cycle and um I took over like running like our Instagram page and stuff. They're, like actually just, it, it, but it feels like a job. It, okay. it feels like a full-time job to be yeah. like, all right. And I, I felt so dirty and weird trying to be like, all right, well, I'm going to make a TikTok page. I'm like, <laughs> you know, all right, what am, what am I 14 years old? I, I felt super, super yeah. weird. Just like just trying to walk, like work through it and understand it. We and, and it's definitely like a different language trying to trying to do any of this stuff. Of course, and like you were saying, like with uh, you know appeasing the algorithms and stuff like that. You, I could see like you know watch guy of Redcore do the coolest TikTok dance of the week. You know, whatever kind of flossing Fortnite dance they've kind of you know cross platform promoted or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm still going to be a forty something year old dude doing that. So yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah, that's what the fans. Know, it's a good way to look really pathetic. Yeah, that's what the fans really want to see. That's what they want to see. Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, and give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, the, their favorite band yeah. members doing TikTok dances. Um, yeah, we right. uh, we do have an account. I don't have I don't use the TikTok app myself, but I do spend a lot of the other time, you know, running either lamb goats or other socials for a magnitude of reasons. So it definitely is a job and a chore. I hate it every day, but you know, 
here we are. Yeah, but I mean, and the, and the problem is like when we went and did the uh, <clears throat> when we went and did the furnace fest, we didn't have one. And then at some point, um, somebody was like, "Hey, yeah, like you know, look at this." And they started pulling that up. And I think I saw like the lamb goat videos that that had been posted in conjunction with furnace fest, and it was just like, "Wow, all right, there's like a lot of there's a lot of posting and a lot of like views and stuff on it." I'm like, well. You know, I, I'd rather kind of control the flow of information mm-hmm. uh, in terms of talking to people the way that we want to talk to instead of just people picking and choosing and slicing up our videos wherever they find it and yeah. putting it out there. So, I mean, no, we don't have like an enormous uh, presence on on TikTok specifically, but just social media in general, like I feel like we've just recently started trying to be like, all right, we, we got to get with the uh, decade and figure it out a little bit. Yeah, we gotta so we gotta get the um, we gotta get that Twitter back up. Last post was 2014, so that's probably you. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's Twitter's weird, man. I didn't understand it when it when it was there, and I I, I haven't uh, gone back in time to <laughs> even like look at what it's was more there. it's more weird now. So you know it is what it is. Gotcha. But um, but yeah. So speaking of the. Um, God, you were mentioned the decibel, the decibel prefest, or the decibel show where they got you kind of to reunite. Now, I, granted, I understand why they would use clients to kind of like you know want to induct and lure you into the uh, to, the, to playing. But damn, they definitely missed uh, a good opportunity doing like a twenty year for um, you know your your debut album there. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we've always kind of we we've always kind of done things a little differently. So you know it's just uh, celebrate a 22nd anniversary or something yeah. you know or tw- whatever it is now I, yeah you can't unfortunately you can't uh, you can't blame the um covid on on that one because you know it was, it was post-covid no no we were we were lazy with with that and um yeah i don't know we were, we were always like really difficult because people would ask us to to do things and we were just like nope nope <laughs> like we we just had a, a vision of the way we were going to do something and and sometimes it doesn't like line up with uh, good business sense. No, I get it. I understand. And with that being said, like I'm assuming you had to turn down decent offers before Furnace Fest and Decibel. So, you know, how's that? Like, how is that turning down um, offers? Is that just something that like at the time, because obviously clearly you, we're going to talk about this past the reuniting at Decibel and playing all these other festivals and you've got a handful of shows and festivals under your belt in the, in the last couple of years too. And you have some more coming up, but in that time frame where you just like weren't playing shows, like how difficult was it to say no? And was it just something that you just thought so, maybe like people forgot about you guys or didn't care anymore? So I mean, we, we would get offers here and there. The, the funny thing was, um, <laughs> I guess it'll be, it'd be funnier to put out there now. Uh, so the, when Furnace Fest originally announced that they were coming back for that first time thing, we started having all these people forwarding the posts and stuff to us being like, Hey, what are you guys going to do this? And we were just like, well, we weren't planning on it. No one, no one asked us to. And we were just like, Oh yeah, whatever. And, um, and then somebody that runs their uh, Facebook account turns around and says, Hey, uh, and they made this post and they said, if you, want any band for this the 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 comeback furnace fest any band at all wish list or whatever 
we're taking last minute suggestions and they, they they were like specifically like if you wanted to say see the red cord playing fused together in its in revolving doors in its entirety now would be the time to ask yeah and it was just like oh so i looked at it and I, and i messaged them and i was like are are you guys trying to like ask us something <laughs> and it was funny cuz there was like a disconnect between who made the post and who answered the email? Yeah, because they're just kind of like, oh well, if you want to play, like you, like you know, who are you again? And it was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, so I, I was just like perplexed by it because like obviously there, there was a disconnect. Somebody, somebody's got the thing signed in there, and somebody's like you know doing the post, and and but it was just very much like a like no, you have to like submit and I'm like oh, okay, never mind. Um, and then they didn't ask us until like the next year. And uh, and they asked us like kind of early on, and it was just like, oh, okay, you remember who we are yeah, now? Yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, like, but they they were really they were really great back in the day. They they were gracious enough to have us when we were like an up and coming band back in '02 or '03, whenever it was, and then they they had us back. And um, I mean, it was it was a really really good show. Um, the the second year, and it, it looks like it's shaping up, and there's a lot of excitement again uh, this year. Yeah, so I, it was really cool to play, and we appreciate them giving us the offer. But I just thought that was like funny that they were like, "Who are you?" You would figure like everyone associated with Furnace Fest would have some idea of like the bands that were around when they were around. So it's wild. But I get, I, I, get, I think that there's probably like different. I mean, because there's definitely like the, the there's people that go to Furnace Fest and they love like you know Saves the Day or yeah, yeah, like yeah, some for of these. Sure more melodic oh yeah yeah piebald and saves the day was my jam like they just didn't really care about the you know this noisy death metal <laughs> stuff that we were doing um but it, yeah i mean it is what it is there's there's a lot of moving moving parts and um i mean they they put this massive thing on like mm -hmm. so we'll chalk it up to like, doing something right yeah we'll just chalk it up to like a young youthful person running the internet stuff that may may not have even been born around that time we'll just talk i mean I, I was i was flattered that they had put that out there to begin with saying like you know hey if you want to see that and it was just like oh okay cool so we weren't like adverse to it it was just like you know all right especially because it got like it got like uh postponed a couple times mm -hmm. with the uh they got canceled and postponed and whatever and I mean, I, I think it's great that they're bringing it back and that there's uh, so much interest in, in this stuff from way back when. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a good time. I mean, we've gone the last handful of years that it's been back and, um, you know, it's been a great time. Also, like, I usually hate everywhere that we go, whether it's on vacation or with with the guys with Lamb Goat. It's just something about like, ugh, you know, I just hate leaving. I, I'm from Florida, so it's like when I leave Florida, it just becomes a a weirder world outside of it. I know that sounds weird, but you know, we're, I'm used to the, the weirdness that Florida is, but you know, I don't mind Birmingham. I've said that many, many times. Like when we go there, I don't get annoyed at, at everything I would normally get at when I go out of town. Like I just came back from Canada and I have family up there. Like I was saying before the, we got on here, but that was also like, I hadn't been there in nine years and that's a completely different place now. And it was annoying every second of the day. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be back, but, I didn't mind Birmingham, you know? No, I, I've always liked Birmingham and um, like it, it was actually pretty neat um, because, you know, like our old tour structure used to be just like, all right, yeah, like figure out a place to play, go there, even if it's off the beaten path. And then just, it keeps getting progressively better. Hopefully you go there with a bigger band and, and then like you grow a following. And uh, we just happened to um, the very first tour that we had ever done in 01 
we we went down to Birmingham. We played this place, the Boiler Room. And uh, I remember in my head, like, it was just massive. Like, I was just like, wow, like, Slayer would play this place. But there was, like, no one there. I think there was, like, nine, nine-ish people. And um, then we just were like, okay, well, we have – obviously, we need to do work down in, uh, down in like, Birmingham. So for the beginning of the band, like, we just kept going and going and going. And um, it just kept getting a little bit better every, every time. And uh, when we did the Furnace Fest, it was remarkable how many people would come out to us. And like, I had somebody come up to me and say like, I was at your show at the boiler room in 2001 and you guys like were really good. And you weren't like, there was no one at the show and you didn't have a bad attitude about it. So it's <laughs> like, you never know how that's going to like resonate. Right. Or, you know, if you, if you just like, Oh, I'm not playing, like there's no one here. And it's like, well, you never know how that's going to affect you. And like, we actually had like one of the, some dude that was like in one of the bands that played with us come up to us as well. And was like, Hey, I played with you. And it's like, it, Especially at that point, like where I was like inside watching the shows, lining up the shows, like running the merch table. Like <laughs> I remember everything from like that era. Yeah. Do you do you miss those types of shows or do you prefer like bigger rooms? I definitely miss those type of shows, which is part of why we did the uh the the, the latest shows that were we just announced the way that we did. Uh there's definitely some drawbacks to it. Um, you know, it's you don't want your equipment to get smashed, but at this stage, like our shows aren't going to be as crazy as they probably were just because like our crowds just, you know, we're all nearing death. And, uh, <laughs> we're, a little, we're all geriatric. A little older, but yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like a little bit more arthritic. Yeah. How's the moshing going on in these past couple of shows? Cause I know you probably bring some guys out of retirement, right? That probably <laughs> didn't realize they were retired for so long. And I'm sure there's gotta be oh, some yeah. sprains and some injuries going down in these pits, man. Yeah, I mean, you 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 see people. Uh, it, you, it, it's been really awesome playing these shows because there's just been a lot of excitement. A lot of people are just really like elated about just us coming back, and you could see that like youthful like spark for a minute. But that's usually like uh, very quickly thwarted by just being like winded, and our, our cardio yeah. isn't what it used to be. A lot of hands so, on by, by our, ourselves included. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hands on knees after the second song or so right, in the crowd. Right. How do you guys I, uh, I, go ahead? Oh no no I I I'm not opposed to that in terms of uh like it it I'm not looking I don't want to see people get hurt or anything and you know just it's funny thinking about like you used to just go out and do these shows and it was just all like you know you 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 have nothing you you don't care it's like you're just reckless and young it's chaos and you don't think about that stuff and now you're like oh I don't I don't want to see somebody twist their ankle or break a knee or yeah. it definitely gets a little weirder as you get older because like um granted like i've been to shows big big rooms small rooms and in either of those venues i've seen people um younger and older get laid out and like have to stop the show or you know get some kind of treatment for this individual and you know it is it's part of the game i guess you know like you got to play the yeah we, we've just never been like a fight band like even though when the stuff was going crazy and you're yelling whatever you're yelling and stuff just trying to get people going like we've like always just like stopped when when mm. fists start flying we're just like no we, we're not looking for that and uh i think we're we're probably you know even more sensitive to it now like where we don't, we don't want anybody getting hurt or coming out and having like a, a bad time yeah I, I feel very fortunate that we get to do this in any capacity i certainly don't want to have that on my conscience that you know somebody's uh <laughs> somebody getting hurt as a result of anything that we do no yeah i can i can totally see that 
Uh, you don't need any kind of well. There's no such thing as bad press, really. So you know, regardless, <laughs> you know, it is what it yeah. is. Um, so you guys, speaking of fused uh, together in revolving doors, um, your debut album. Uh, you guys are pressing that to vinyl, and then uh, are you releasing at the same time that you have those the weekend shows back to back? You're doing like in June. Yeah. So um, we got. We're hoping that we'll have them uh, in time for the Milwaukee Metal Fest mm, okay. uh, mid-May. That, that's kind of like we're, we're waiting on the stuff to come back from the plant. We didn't bother with a pre-order. I, I never, you know, with, with all like the, I, I think people are a little bit burned out, or at least I was burned out with you order something and you wait eight months. And so we were just <laughs> like, you know what? We're going to put the show on sale. We had a friendly venue and we were able to kind of work something out where we could like, do something that would be reasonable in terms of people buying like uh, a certain variant of the L of the LP with mm -hmm. a ticket price and, um, and have it be like somewhat reasonable to, to get both at the same time. And that's like the closest thing that we were going to do to an actual pre-order. Uh, we were going to just, we're just at this point, we were just like, yeah, we're going to make wherever we're going to make for the vinyl. And then we're just going to give people a heads up, like when it's going to go live and, and uh, we'll just have it in place, whether they pick it up at a store or whether they pick it up from, you know, De Decibel is definitely going to have some copies, Indie Merch Store, probably the folks at Death Wish. And um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And um, that shows like June 1st, June 2nd. Uh, yes. You're like, I'm assuming you're like hometown uh, area, um, somewhere up in Massachusetts. Yeah, so we did it in Braintree, which is um, a little bit south of Boston. Mm. Um, Widowmaker Brewery, uh, they're awesome. Um, they're, they're good buddies with uh, our bass player, Greg. He's from that area. And um, and I went to see one of their um, – last year I went to a show there. They actually had like a little like outdoor area. And I was we were talking to the owners, and they had mentioned that they were building this like stage inside – and I just really like the place. I really like the, the, the beer and the vibe and the people. And, uh, when we were talking about not necessarily doing like one of these big festival things and trying to do like a more intimate setting, um, that place came up as like one of the, on the short list. We're like, all right, yeah. Instead of just doing like one show at like a bigger room, um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do a couple shows at like a, a real small room. And when, when I was able to like, when I started putting the, pieces together and trying to figure out like who else was like willing to kind of do that mm -hmm. and like who would play ball i, I kind of like shot for the, the stars and i was like okay dead guy yeah, is my ask favorite you, band i was gonna ask yeah. how you got that i'm just gonna throw the light on here yeah go ahead it's getting a little dark it's the east coast time and you're a little more north yep, than me yep. but yeah i was gonna ask uh especially about the lineup because it does seem like you know you got dead guy on there which obviously we all we all know why and and where they would be on the show but you got like uh from from the second story window who's just coming back and then you know another name through the eyes of the dead was something that i remember from way back in the day because i'm down here in the <laughs> south and they kind of they toured heavily in the early 2000s so yeah uh how did the lineup come about obviously shopping it so i so so the first band i hit up was dead guy 100 <laughs> percent. i was like you know what like dead guy did the the decibel reunion in a big room and uh, the Decibel people put me in touch because they had helped them put out the the live album recently. And I had caught murmurs that they were going to potentially do the the fixation on a coworker LP. Now, they're like my favorite, favorite band ever. That album is my fa one of my favorite albums of all time. Classic. And I was like, dude, if I could do 
Red Cord and Dead Guy, like that would be fantastic. And originally we were discussing like, well, if this blew up right away, depending on who came together, could we offer up a second show if it sold through real fast? And uh, Dead Guy ended up not being available for the second day. So I started just talking to the guys and being like, all right, well, we have plenty of time on this. What could we hit up that would be period specific that like we would be excited about because these are our friends and what would just be like a complete like slam dunk that that people would just be like, wow, I saw this in this little tiny room. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I reached out, I, I, you know, I, I came up with the idea with while talking to the band guys like, all right, well, why don't we try uh, second story and through the eyes of the dead? I was like, that would be just like legendary in a space like that. Uh, we had toured through the eyes of the dead before we used to play shows with them years ago. We, we did a really awesome headlining tour with them back in like Oh seven second story has been around mm -hmm. uh, for even before that with us. And we've just been friends. And like the fact that they were like, I was just like, if, if I can make this happen, like this, this has to. And then, um, you know, we basically just put feelers out with uh, internally, like on who else we wanted on the bill. And uh, Greg was like the champion of that band Intercourse. Mm -hmm. He's just uh, he, Intercourse has been playing a lot with. Uh, there's like a weird kind of gross theme going on because Greg and Mike are in this band called Sexless Marriage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then um, you know, and then it's like so Intercourse and Sexless Marriage play a lot, That's which a was fun like one. okay. That's a fun and then one. Um, and then when I talked to Curran about helping us out, Curran um, Reynolds does the Chain World, uh, the the Chain PR. Yeah, yeah with uh so i had asked him about helping us out with some press and just trying to like organize this and karen's like uh oh you're doing the dead guy show you gotta let my band play <laughs> like i'll work i'll work the record but you gotta let my band play so somehow that turned into like this gross theme of so he's in body stuff mm -hmm. so body stuff intercourse <laughs> you know dead guy yeah like i was like like when you looked at it on the flyer, I'm like, people are gonna get the wrong idea. There's <laughs> there's some there's something weird here, and um, and it's I just love the fact that like these are like long term either bands that we were in love with or that that just friends. Yeah. And then uh, when when we lined up the uh, second show with Second Story and Through the Eyes of the Dead, um, I was talking to the guitar player from uh, Stagnator, Mark Richards who does like a lot of uh, illustration and art. Like he, he, uh, what was the, uh, interim, um, death fest there? The, 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 the Harbor one there, Maryland death fests, like interim there. I think you, I think you had it, was, it Harbor fest or something like that. Harbor. Metal it was like fest? something at the Harbor, like yeah. hell on the Harbor. Or hell, something like yeah, that. that might be it. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. So like Mark does, um, so when I was talking to Mark about, um, doing some illustrations for like, a for, for like a poster for the show. And I, he like, he does work for pig destroyer and he does work like for some of these like big festivals and stuff. And I've known Mark for a long time. And I've known some of his like cousins who used to come to our shows, like in the very, very early days. And he goes, Oh, you know, red cord is like one of the, like the first like scene shows that I ever went to. And he like spouted off like this, this uh, show that I put on at um, a YMCA in uh revere massachusetts with like eternal suffering and um very uh, DIY. the year of our lord <laughs> and and i was like you know what dude like i loved stagnator is his band but i was just like this is perfect this is absolutely perfect and exactly what we wanted to do in terms of uh getting in touch with 
just old friends and people that would really appreciate like uh, getting to play with and and enjoying like a vibe like that. That's so right. I, I was just so beyond excited. I, I, and this is like, you know, this will be the smallest thing that we've done since we've like come back because yeah. it's like just such a tiny room. But I've been like just more pumped about this than like anything. Yeah, it's very intimate. Plus, again, like you guys said, you guys got like some buddies on the on the bill. Um, was uh, from a second story already coming back by the time that you reached out or like did you just reach out yeah. in, the, in the dark so they did um they did a show in their hometown area like out in uh, like youngstown ohio um, they played yeah, yeah, this the uh, they, this thing with like see you next tuesday and nights like uh i think it's yeah nights like these and um they always had this like in- interesting like pa ohio like dude core whatever they were calling it at the time where like <laughs> they just have this enormous following in little pockets of places. So I know that that was really successful when they did that, uh, when they did that, uh, Ohio show. And so they were at least like, you know, it wasn't like they came back just to do the show that, right. that we were putting on. Uh, I knew that they were already, you know, that they were already kind of working on some stuff, but just the fact that we got to bring them back and, and all the bands were willing to play ball and, I mean, unfortunately, with like limited capacity, and like we were trying to keep the ticket prices like low as we could while giving people like these like pseudo national bands. Yeah, everybody was willing to just be like, "Yeah, we just want to do this because it's going to be fun and awesome, and you know, it, it's going to be great." Yeah, that's cool. Um, and of course, of course, I'm gonna you know lead into that. You guys play a lot of shows. I know you talked with Rob on the Circle Squared Pit like wrestling podcast. <laughs> uh, you know that uh, Rob from formerly of metal injection and uh yes. you know don't worry i'm not gonna berate you with wrestling questions or anything like that i don't watch it and i don't necessarily know anything about it but i know you are also <laughs> not very familiar with it so you know a, a good wrestling podcast that probably was but out of that podcast i think rob did ask you about new music and you know new uh the red cord material and stuff like that so you know, you guys have been kind of announcing these shows the last couple months and a lot in shows to come and such, and you've played these festivals. Is there a chance that at some of these newer uh, upcoming shows, there could be the possibility of like someone capturing live for the first time new Red Chord song played at whatever so, venue? So the, the biggest thing was we've had a lot of ideas floating around for a lot of time. And, um, depending on who you ask in in our band like the new material can be like a little bit of a sore subject just because it's been so long and you, you end up being like your own worst critic unless you're on the lamb goat board and then like there's, <laughs> there's worst critics there yeah but um it, it's just like in terms of the future um like we're we're excited about what we're doing in terms of uh like doing these album shows we felt like we we didn't totally embarrass ourselves by playing some of the things that we've played so far and uh, I think that we all really want to get in a room and write and kind of see how it feels. And um, the biggest detriment has just been like the limited amount of time that we physically are in proximity to each other. Um, so we'll see how the next uh, couple months go. Uh, I but but like you know what you're what you're describing might not be out of the realm of possibilities depending how it goes. But like. Unfortunately, if if it if it's not in the cards, you get stuck with the songs that we already. Yeah, have. yeah. I mean, that's which, a... uh, go yeah, ahead. Which I, I hey, at the end of the day, like everybody hates seeing new songs live, anyways, because they just want what they're familiar with. That's true. 
That's true. I had we had uh you know funny we were talking about from a second story window, because uh, they were on the podcast very recently as well, and like it was funny because like you know I got to talk to them because they they hung it up prior to their last album even coming out, so they didn't even played yeah. those songs live, you know. But um, I think <clears throat> as a fan and as I, I'm not going to speak for all Red Chord fans, but you know it's been a long time that we've sat with these four albums long enough that it's probably time for something new or whatever. And it doesn't have to necessarily <laughs> be an album. Couldn't, you know, uh, botch did one song. You could do one song and, or maybe like a little EP. It doesn't have to be a full fledged, uh, you know, studio release, so to speak. But if, do you have any idea, like when you guys talked internally, do you talk about like in the, in the, in the conversation of like a full album or just kind of like, let's just get some stuff together. Cause like you said, everyone's their own worst critic and, you, you haven't released anything since 2009, new, something new since 2009. So, like, when you talk about it, are you talking about it in just, like, singular form of songs or, like, a, a package of some sort, too? So the the vibe of the band, because I, I, I you know, like uh, like you're saying there, like, Botch, they could get a lot of excitement <laughs> by just dropping one song. Right. And I've been kind of like, well, hey, yeah, like, we don't need to overwhelm ourselves if this is the way that it goes um you know maybe we could try to do something in a bite-sized piece and i think internally we've always kind of been like well we've never been um we've never done splits we've never done eps we we, we've talked about doing things and it just doesn't get like off the ground so like i think the vibe internally has been that we think of ourselves as being like an album band even if like the even if like the the spotify generation is more like singles and and, and things of that nature but it's also just like a long road to com- completing that because, you know, you don't want to just be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. We're going to put some song out now and we haven't written the rest of uh, of an album and you know, who knows. It was actually kind of funny because before, uh, before I called in here, like uh, I was, I used to, to get time frame straight, I've like gone back and like checked the news on Lamgoat so many times, <laughs> yeah. just like, what year was that? Oh, and like uh it, it was funny because back in like oh two or oh three we like announced like that we were going to do a split with premonitions of war on like relapse like before we had signed anywhere and we that never so so it just <laughs> goes back to then where some you just just be careful with what we're announcing because sometimes it just never happens yeah you just and you, um, you could just not play shows again for another seven eight years you never know Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and if if we if we go that long, I'd venture to say we just won't come back <laughs> well, anymore. You're not gonna like, come, back as come back as sixty year old dudes just fucking thrashing yeah, on stage. Well, well fi- don't get too too far ahead of yourself. Fifty fifty year old. Dudes I'm just saying, I'm giving you a longer longer runway. I'm I'm thinking you're gonna be around at least a, a couple more years, and then you'll have like a decade or so that you you'll you know yeah go away. Again. Yeah. So um, if if I mean we'll we'll see what happens over the next few months and how physically getting together and and collaborating like how that goes um i know that like personally i've been saying for a while now that we will whatever we do we're not going to just keep randomly popping up and playing a show for no reason so Mm -hmm. in my head i'm willing to do what we're doing right now because we're releasing vinyl we're going to support the vinyl we're going to like work through the vinyl uh i think it's awesome to kind of I, I have no problem with like bands coming back and doing these like uh, specialty nostalgia sets and stuff. I, I think it's kind of awesome. Um, it's just that 
I probably wouldn't just like be like, oh, you know, we're just gonna randomly go to some place and for no apparent reason, like in between cycles anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see a downside to putting your life on hold just to go play a handful of shows every now and then. You know what I mean? That's sarcasm. Yeah, I just want there to be a little. Yeah, I just, I just definitely want there to be like a little bit more. Uh, no, I, I don't mind supporting vinyl. I don't mind supporting right. an album. It's just it, it's just as much work to uh, get something together and support something new as it is to just like go and rehearse and get it all back to, to support nothing. Yeah, which is kind of what we we inadvertently ended up doing back in twenty twenty two. Do you guys? I mean you don't have to share any of this information if you are kind of like sharing ideas back and forth with one another over the last couple of months, years or so, but like, because it's been, you know, a grand amount of time between, uh, you know, the teeth and now the red cord still sound like the red cord or is what kind of new influences may be, you know, a part of this new material or whatever. Cause again, you guys aren't, you know, younger 20 year old people. You guys probably stepped away <laughs> from hardcore and metal for a little bit in general uh expanding your listening you know whatever you're listening to these days maybe taylor swift i don't know people do listen to other stuff outside of <laughs> well I, I, I will say so we're, we're still trying to figure that out okay. in terms of uh what what uh what a red cord in the future sounds like um if this is going to happen if it's going to get off the ground it's we're, we're still the same band that that we were like we're you're not going to see like a complete you know we're not going to come back as a doom band or mm. you know as like a you know like a rock band or something like that like we are I, i'm kind of a one-trick pony when it comes to vocals you know i got like big monster and little monster and and uh like kind of like the yelling hardcore and that that's that's really the extent of it there's no i don't i don't have like the uh, celine dion range or oh, yeah. any like secret you know country music talents or anything that i'm going to start impressing people with no, I definitely, I mean, not that I can see that, but I definitely understand that it would be, um, you know, I think I talk whenever I talk to like quote unquote legacy bands from, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands, the same time, like lamb goat was started. It's so different, um, than today's time. Cause like, you know, like I've, there are people that are like vocal technique coaches on TikTok or Instagram or whatever that, you know, can show you how to sound like whomever that you, that you can. It's not necessarily like back in the day like you said you had like i have this voice and i have that voice and then if it's not either of those two <laughs> then it isn't happening but it's kind of crazy to see how like just the genres in general have grown to where now like you have vocal technique coaches and other things like that oh i, I mean and, and and with when in regards to a lot of that stuff i i do know that there's people out there that are just specializing in um you know, these extreme vocal techniques and, um, and there's a lot of people out there that like, I'll give all the credit in the world. Like you have these, these like YouTube and TikTok people that are just doing one takes on songs. And it's just like, all right, yeah, here's me. I'm just going to rip through. I'm going to have an SM seven and uh, I'm just going to rip through. I'm not trying to compete with, uh, you know, it, with, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be like the most brutal vocalist in the world or anything. Uh, I'm happy that I can still, do it in any capacity and like that's a young man's game doing the yeah. <laughs> you know the most extreme and the craziest like I, I think it's awesome that people can do that and especially that they can like go through and do that like in, in in one take the way that they do um i 
have always kind of focused, especially now more so than ever, if I've done any musical projects, I've been like, all right, well, I want to sound like me and I want things to sound legible as opposed to sounding just like as brutal as possible. Yeah. If, if I could do both at the same time, great. But it, it, it's more like having vocally having my personality versus me being like, oh, I'm going to do the most guttural thing. There, there's people out there that are doing more guttural and higher, like, you know, these uh, like Lorna Shore guys yes, and stuff yes, that yeah. they just have incredible ranges. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with that, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm psyched to, that, that that's out there and I don't have the, the time or energy or, or ambition to, to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so as you and I sit here, guy, you can tell I have facial hair and you have facial hair. Uh, I know that you're big on facial hair in general. And if I was looking back on your Instagram, I think, uh, well, you do your charity stuff, um, ask about my beard <laughs> stuff and we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah. did, did I see right that you won like some kind of mustache contest in the last like handful of years? <laughs> Yeah, I think that I was uh, one of the few people that put in. Everyone stuck with the beards as long as possible. And yeah. uh, so uh, my department, uh, we do a, um, a thing called Beards for Bucks. It's usually in the month of uh, October. And uh, we raise money for uh, – the, the, mo most major areas have them, but there's uh, something called the Child Advocacy Center. And they uh, do child, foren uh, child forensic interviews with – uh, victims of like sensitive crimes, like mm -hmm. child abuse and sexual exploitations and th and things like that you wouldn't necessarily want somebody in a uniform to be asking a little kid about the worst day of their life. So uh, we use the CAC, as we call it, to do those sort of interviews. And uh, our department usually doesn't allow the facial hair. And uh, they let us do that as a fundraiser. Uh, this year has been a little unique because the, uh, the the chief has gotten a little bit easier on us and has allowed us to have the beards basically from then to now. Mm. Although I had a really incredible mustache and I got yelled at and I had to I had to trim because I, I started doing the little like curls on the uh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and some someone above my pay grade shut me down very quickly. <laughs> so, is, that, is that something that you've always kind of done? Like, have you always grown facial hair or like, it, you know what I mean? Because like, it's something that. I kind of periodically had done in my twenties, but I always was trimming it much like yours. Uh, but then at some point I just kind of like decided that I was going to try to grow it out. And then of course, like you have to get through like a really awkward phase for a couple of months and then, you know, your beard starts hanging down a little bit. But, uh, is that the longest you've kind of done is kind of like short facial hair like that? No, I've had some longer, a little bit longer. It, it was never like you know ponytail, like <laughs> anything like down that. Guy or sort of like, yeah, yeah, ne never, never, never to that sort of degree. Um, when we were on tour, we were all just kind of living like homeless people, mm -hmm. and uh, there, there was a lot of like unkempt, like oh, okay, my you know my hair's getting scruffy, so we'll shave my head, and but my beard's gonna be out here, you know, like or I'll have a mohawk. Like you, there was no real rules, like you could just do whatever you wanted, and it didn't matter if you, you know, if, if you looked uh, like a homeless person. Yeah, but um, but yeah, there was like a point in time where like I hadn't shaved or, or hadn't like cleaned up in quite some time, and my beard was pretty grizzly. Um, and you know, it, and, and then like over the last like 10 or 12 years, it's, it's primarily been clean just by, mm -hmm. you know, the nature of, uh, my work. So 
this is as grisly as like I, I kind of get at the moment. And it's also not as fun uh, since uh, since now all of a sudden like I'm like spouting off all sorts of like white and gray and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like, so, oh, yeah, oh okay, on, well. I got like it was more fun parts. when it was like, oh, God, get rid of the baby face and have a little, you know, a little scruff. And now I'm just like, oh, I'm starting to look like a grandpa. Yeah, it's, it's lying. It's lying to everybody. It's telling them that we're older than we are. But. Yeah, I, I got it in this weird, like, uh, you know, John Stewart, or is that who it was? John Stewart's got, like, the one weird white thing on the side of his head. I got, like, two weird strings of, like, each side of my very end of the beard, back of the beard is white, but whatever. Yeah, mine just white straight in the middle, and it's just like, oh, okay, I got this weird little racing stripe down the middle of my face. It's but... built for speed, guy. It's built for speed. Yeah, I'm built for something. I, I, I don't know. But. Um, I, I, I kind of want to, you know, I, I'm not going to try to put you on the hot seat or anything like that, obviously, because I don't want you to get in trouble with your actual career or anything like that. But how did you get into the into that uh, line of work? Like, So, so yeah, so um, I, I'm in law enforcement. Um, I'm a police officer. I work up in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, currently assigned as a detective. I work in the juvenile unit. Um, so, we I, i'm a delinquency investigator but we so so if, if you have a kid that like commits a serious crime like a, mm. a shooting stabbing or something bad uh that's my general responsibility but um we all deal with uh any, any dead children sexual assaults or a, any of, of that um when i was younger i was really intrigued like i've always had like a little bit of the focus on like youth driven activities i liked the idea of um you know working at like a ymca or mm -hmm. working at like some sort of like a j just like a like a if you ever been to Na like to nashville i like the idea of like rocket town yeah they, yeah they have like this great venue that's like super positive and uh in my head when when i was younger i used to say like you know what i had a good experience with my school resource officer when when i was in high school um i always thought he was a, a good dude i liked the way that he interacted with kids so prior to me getting hired, I used to say that, like, I, I thought that that would be, like, a really awesome thing to kind of stay focused on, like, all right, like, let me be a positive, like, you know, big brother type person. Um, and I was also fascinated with, um, I, I mean, I think everybody's, like, fascinated with, like, true crime and stuff, but I was also fascinated with, like, the legal system and the law. Um, and prior to, like, way prior to this, like, I'd always kind of contemplated like going back and trying to get a law degree. And, mm. and, um, it made sense in my head that when, that I liked the fact that you could do so many different things and I didn't really see it as being polarizing, yeah. um, to, to say like, all right, you know what? Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna do this the way that I think it should be done. Uh, when, when I was going through the interview process, like, uh, I, cause I, I tried for a bunch of different departments before I got hired. So like, you know, kind of like people are going to ask you like the, the band thing is going to be a death. Yeah, the band like, hey, thing. I saw like, this most on Google. Time, <laughs> yeah. Like people are going to just be like, well, so, so I had to like come up with answers for the questions that I knew that they were going to ask me. So <laughs> sometimes like people would think I was being a smart ass, but I was like, oh, it's a lo logical progression. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, well, what do you mean? It's a logical progression. Uh, well, because the police used to show up and my night would end. So it's like literally I'm picking up like almost like right after the show. Like there it is. Like yeah. this is just the, the logical life progression. Um, but I, the, I, I just, I, I like the idea that like is 
that, you know, you can go out in the community, you can make a difference. Everybody says this like boilerplate, uh, you know, answer of like, Oh, you know, I try to like change things for the better. I was like the idea of trying to like be a role model. And, um, there's something that kind of came up a lot when, when I was interviewing was like, um, and depending on the agency, some people didn't like this answer, but it was like, well, technically I've had more, like I'd have some like 20 year sergeant asking me something and it'd be like, well, what makes you think you do this? And it's like, well, I've had more experience with the police than you. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, I've been like stopped in every state. I've been, you know, like yeah. it, when you're living like in the band lifestyle and traveling in a van and doing a lot of that, you learn about the way that people treat you fairly. And then you learn about like, okay, I have someone knocking on my window and making me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Cause I'm asleep on the side of the road or like, yeah. you know, in a Walmart parking lot. So, um, I, I, I tried to take what, we had learned from touring and been like, okay, there's people that are like, there was times that we just couldn't afford it. We were, we were out like, yeah, maybe we were living with our folks or something, but we were trying to do something and we were just barely scraping by mm -hmm. some catastrophic thing would happen with our vehicle. We wouldn't have money to, to get to something. And we had to live in a very modest way. Right. And um, I, I always tried to like take that and apply it to my current you know, situation just in terms of the way that I treat people. And I, I've got to say that like, you know, I've, I've had a couple bad experiences in the past, but I've had also like really, really great experience where I felt like people were usually pretty good with like musicians in terms of being like, Oh, where are you from? Like, yeah. and, and just being chill about it. And then I've had people that just jumped to the wrong decision, the, the wrong conclusion. And, Oh yeah, where are the drugs? Where's the? And it's like <laughs> there's no drugs. There's never been drugs. The, the, like we're the most like boring, straight laced people on the face of the earth. Uh, we just happen to be smelly because we hadn't showered and <laughs> we we're playing like little places and driving overnight. Yeah. Um, you said you were a, detec a detective, uh, so I yeah. want to ask kind of about that. Like, um, did you start off like on you know foot patrol or like you know in the car just like pulling people over writing tickets or? Yeah, every, like, everybody starts on right. like, everybody, any agency that you go to, unless it's like some federal thing, like if you're in law enforcement, you start with, um, you, you start off in patrol on the ground. So to speak. And then as you get a little bit of time, like di different opportunities come. If you, if you're interested in doing traffic and reconstruction, you could do that. If you know, you're interested in doing like the youth stuff, like you, you could do that. A lot of people like doing drug work and stuff. Mm -hmm. I always kind of gravitated. And as soon as I had the opportunity to become a school resource officer, I, I did. I, I, I saw that like in my head. Mm. I, I know there's, there's definitely people that like think like, Oh, I wouldn't want to work with kids. Like I always wanted to work with kids. I thought that was awesome and that you could be a really positive influence. And I know that there's definitely people that have their own feelings about, you know, like my, my career choice. Well, <laughs> I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do something and I'm yeah. trying to, uh, I'm doing my little piece to try to make the world better. And if, if, you know, if, if that's not for them, then re respectfully, like it, it just is what it is. Yeah. I don't necessarily understand or I mean, care as to why people have an opinion of like what people do outside of bands. I think it's rather, uh, interesting personally. I think, uh, depending on where your band is at in the grand scheme of its, you know, trajectory or like, are you supporting yourself fully with your band or do you have to su supplement incomes? when you're not on the road or not doing album cycle stuff. Like I think it's very intriguing and interesting to find out what each person kind of does um, in their off time or in their time. They're not in the band. And 
what does it matter if you know you're a cop and you're or a baker the, it doesn't matter it's still interesting yeah, in and general. That's, that's the way i look at it and like i don't think of it as being like my personality my my friends from back in the day are still my friends from back in the day i i think of myself as being the same you know the same person as as i've always been my bandmates have been very supportive and i try not to make that like a you know my my personality by by any stretch i mean i still go to shows in my spare time i'm still making music in my spare time um you know i i still buy records and buy t-shirts and the same exact things that i've that that i've always done um you know it just kind of is what it is and like it was it was never supposed to be like a polarizing thing and um you know oddly enough it was funny because like when i got hired like i was just like like I had to come out with it and like, I had to tell, you know, any of these employers, like what it was that, that the world that I was coming from, yeah. um, yeah, I when imagine. I got hired, like, um, I was, you know, here I am like with, with all these like military guys and stuff like, Oh, this guy is like, you know, a green beret and this guy is this, well, the department ends up like doing like this weird little press conference where they're like, Oh, he's a graduate of this college and this and that. And they came out with it and they were like, he was a singer in a metal band called the Red Corps. And it was just like, okay, I guess, I, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, cause like suddenly the local, you know, the, the local people are, uh, like the local news outlets and stuff were like picking up on that, at least like on like a newspaper or, or local website level. And it's just like, yeah, I, I was trying to. I was just trying to like go through and keep a low low profile, and you just denounced it. Out it. Of the All water. right, cool. blew it out of the water. So how did you get? So, I mean, like, yeah. So that that was like be that that was like above my pay grade. Somebody made that decision, <laughs> and it was just it suddenly like you know I'm reading about it on like metal injection and stuff, being like, oh hey, look, there's Megan sworn in. Yeah, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that that definitely is out there now. Um, so what made you want to become a detective? I know like a lot of people. I mean, obviously like the puzzle solving and the, you know, figuring out the crime and, and, you know, seeing it all the way to the end, obviously is why people want to become a detective. But isn't there like a, I would assume like if you become a cop, you want to become a detective for the most part, because that just seems to be like the better, the better position to be in where you're not tracking everyone down on foot all day long on patrol or this or the other, you're focusing on certain cases at a time. Um, there has to have been like a line for people just wanting to be a detective. So like, how did you, you know, find out the test, what you wanted to do. And then how difficult was it for you to like actually move into that position? Uh, so it, it, it's not as ne necessarily as much of a line as you might think um, <laughs> is definitely like his, I, I think right, right now there's definitely like a, um, th there's definitely a, um, hiring is down in general if anybody's watching this and you're interested in whatever i i know my department has has openings and is, is hiring uh you got to go through patrol it is what it is so if, if people are really curious about it and it's not just like a bashing session people can contact me i'm not hard to find but um there was like a progression like so i went through patrol then i went to the schools i, I did the schools for a couple years and then when the opportunity came up for me to do the juvenile investigations thing, I was uh, very excited to to take that, and um, I like the fact that like if you have something and it gets a little bit more in the weeds that you could kind of see it through. There's definitely an appeal I know on the other side of that that's like, you know, whereas like you don't have a caseload, you could just do your thing in like a patrol setting, and like you could just be like, okay, I got through the day, and then I went home, and I don't think about it. Versus like I could have something horrible that I'm dealing with. Yeah. 
and it, uh, I'm stuck dealing with it. Uh, and and it's it's like you you encounter this now it's yours and now it's yours for until until you figure it out. And um, you know, so I I personally just I like to I like to see things through, and there was definitely an appeal to that. And there's certain aspects of investigations that I think I'm good with. Um, you know. Might not be like some Sherlock Holmes. There's, there's people out there that are probably better than me. A lot of things. I I think I'm I'm good in my little niche, and I I still enjoy it, and I still try hard, and I'm still proud of the the people that I'm surrounded with. Well, there you have it. That wasn't that hard, right? That was an hour. We did an hour. Yeah, buddy. Bam. See, good to go. Um, <laughs> guy, I appreciate your time. I know it's like during the week, and obviously you we just were talking about your job so you have an actual job that you go to outside of being in a band so i appreciate you taking the time uh from this or from that to do this uh and again what do you guys got coming up you got the red cord uh playing in braintree is that what you said i'll look at that My so we uh so the first sh- the, the next show up right now is we have the milwaukee metal fest right uh where the we're in the second day it's mr bungle um it, it's actually like a very reminiscent of uh like some some that we would have played back in the day uh internal bleeding skinless devourment i see a um, dsi you know, hate breed uh who else death yeah. angel terrorizer maybe or terror i don't know yeah terrorizers on our day i mean like that is like you know uh, it, it's funny because you can't please everybody and i definitely saw some people that were like trying to trying to like bash on that fest and i'm like dude like there are so many things like the more i look at that the better that fest gets in terms of just like you know they they have that uh the 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 new death band the the death to all they yeah, get yeah. the i am morbid I mean, like that is like pretty, pretty legendary stuff. I I don't know what else they, um, you know, like short of like you know throwing like a Mashuga or a Gojira yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that on there, um, that is then. a pretty heavy duty lineup. Then we're um then then we're gonna be doing the two shows in uh, in Braintree, the the Dead Guy Intercourse uh, body stuff, and uh, through the As the Dead Second Story Window, and we're we're contemplating some other stuff right now um it's just like it'll be a little bit easier in terms of it depending on the opportunity because uh we're we're not going to be seven years removed from doing stuff yeah so uh it's a little we're a little bit more flexible in terms of being able to be sort of back into show shape um unfortunately like we we share our drummer we we have uh john rice is our drummer Mm -hmm. and he is like one of the best guys out there I'm just impressed with him, and but unfortunately we share him with a couple other bands. Yeah. So when the more serious bands that probably pay a little bit better and uh, you know a little bit more stable than like their drop from this guy and play once or twice, come through. Uh, like we we get John whenever we can. Well, you have him for those set dates right now, and that's what the we people, do. That's what the people should be looking forward to. Also to the variant, uh, not the variants, but the vinyl. Uh, that that come along with the June 2nd and June 1st shows, uh, hopefully beforehand, hopefully at the Metal Fest. And, like and we will be putting other vinyl out. People have been really confused about the way that we did that. We we had 150 copies of a specialty Widowmaker variant mm. that was just going to be to that. We're going to absolutely have other copies. And we didn't want it to be like one of those uh, obnoxiously low like if, if, if it wasn't like we want like, Oh yeah, we're going to make a hundred of these and make people fight over them and mm-hmm. eBay them. Like if we, we want it to be something where if fused together was a record that meant something to you, 
and you're collecting vinyl now and you want like a, you know, the revamped artwork and we're putting like a little bit of thought into like the layout. And I, I think people are going to be excited. Like when they get to see everything, um, we want people to have it. So we're going to try to give like a plenty of heads up in terms of, Hey, you can get it from these places. There'll be enough copies and it won't be something where it's like one time pressing it. Like if, if we run out of them, like we're, we're, Maybe we'll press some more. Yeah. We're not trying to like keep it so low that, you know, people are going to be just flipping them. They're going to flood the market. You heard it here first. Mini, <laughs> mini <laughs> a red cord. You're the cut opens everywhere. <laughs> well, guy, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you guys again in the near future. Uh, I do say, I, I dare say that I, I'd like to be at that dead guy show because, like you, they are a big band for me and I've yet to see them live. Uh, granted, you know, they were not a band for many of the years that I was into like metalcore and, and such, yeah. but you know, I, I knocked off, uh, I not, well, I knocked off you guys off the list, uh, in 2022, I got botch on that list. I've I've seen them now. So, you know, you know it, it, it's pretty amazing because I got to see botch way, way back mm. when, and like, it was probably in like Oh one or something like that. Like got to see botch and like, they were already like kind of like on their way up, even though they were on the way out. And there was probably like 200 people there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, when I went to see Botch at the Cave In Converge show, that sold out 3,000 people. I mean, it's just crazy to think that some of these some of these bands have like really snowballed and you know and and, and kind of uh, grown the way that they did. Yeah. Dead guy. Uh, I mean, this is the first time that they're going to play in the Boston area since like the 90s. <laughs> I went I went to see Dead Guy a couple times. And it didn't work out. Like for whatever reason, they just either didn't play the show or didn't know that they were put on the flyer. Because <laughs> yeah. that used to happen all the a time. Lot, yeah. But um, like I was old enough to go see Dead Guy, and like I went to try to see them in the '90s, and it just just didn't work out. So this is the first time they're going to play the uh, the Massachusetts Boston area since way back then. That's so cool. the fact that I have any part in that or that I get to play that is just it blows my mind. Yeah. That, that is yep. a that is a notch on the hat or the feather in the cap. Uh, I did have tickets. I did have tickets for that uh, botch converge cave in show. I bought those first out of all of them uh, because I was like, if I'm going to go see one, that's the fucking show that I'm going to go see. But you know, I saw them. I, I got tickets to also the Atlanta date, which is the closest one to me. And then I saw them there, and I was like, man, I'm not really trying to fly up there. <laughs> so I, I oh. you know, I sold them for face value. I just gifted them to somebody of like day of show or whatever. I was like, just thirty bucks a ticket, and they're yours. You know, I just don't want to, I don't want to keep them. And yeah, I was, have I was used. so so excited uh, to to go and see that because the origins of like my like going to like hall shows and stuff was bands like like Caven was still playing like um. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were still like playing on like beyond hypothermia and stuff like that when I started going to shows. And I remember like they were like a game changer. So in Converge is just like a force in this region. Um, yeah. you know, I was still in high school, like going to see like those bands. So the fact that like getting to see those three together, that, that, was, that was something really special. Yeah. We obviously, we, a lot of us here are always asking what year is it, especially in the last handful of years, a lot of bands have been coming back that haven't been, you know, Red Cord is a part of that, but you you've been uh, you haven't been as as gone as long as say like Botch or any of these other bands. So a lot of the times it's like the Jumanji meme of like what year is it around here? Because we're just joking. I, about. I just said that the other day <laughs> that uh, something something pop. I, I think it was like um, 
I went to see that band Dysentery the other night cool. in Lowell, Mass. And the the night before, they had played Fury of Five and Dysentery. And it was like, I remember like Fury of Five had just split up and was doing like these occasional shows back in like 01. And, and uh, it was like the the, the Shatter, Shatter Realm, like we would play with them now and then. And like their claim to fame was it was like, you know, X-Members, Fury of Five. <laughs> and when, when you start seeing like the names like that, you're just like, I'm like scratching my head because Dysentery was around a couple of years later, like oh two oh mm-hmm. three. I'm just like, wow. Like if, if you didn't tell me, if you just like, change the ticket price and just put like eight bucks. Like I would have been completely confused because now all of a sudden all the local shows are, you know, 20 bucks. Yep. So you never know. Like inflation. Yeah, those bands could be, it's like who's using the band name from back in the day. They may not know it's already a band name from 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. They, I, I just thought I was real confused the other day. There's that band, uh, there's a band drain and, and gasket. Yeah. And like gasket was like, like, I think there was a drain for Massachusetts and then there was a gasket for Massachusetts. So I was like really confused. I was like, wait a second, gasket? Like, and then I was like, no, this is definitely not the same gasket that I grew up with. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a different time. Don't, only, only so many words. So yeah. like, I, I yeah. guess if, if you're not using it, someone else will jump in. Maybe there's another, another red cord running around right now. I'm sure there is. Jakarta, India or something like that. Someone, it's totally different. <laughs> it's totally different vibes, totally different genres, totally different music, but yeah. All right, man. I'll cut you loose here so you can get along with your evening, and I uh, I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate your time. No, no problem. Take it easy, guy. Thank you. All right, take it easy. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!